Welcome to the Owl Once Was Lost podcast. We are the companion to the Owl Once Was Lost Missing Persons phone application, which aids in the location of missing persons. We are also partnered with storiesoftheunsolved.com, a phenomenal repository, guys, of case information and where we will be citing from for today's episode. Also, please go and download the Owl Missing Persons phone app on iOS and also for Android as well as giving it and this podcast five stars and a written review if you'd like. That's the best thing that you can do to support our efforts, along with going to patreon.com slash once was lost and pledging just $3 a month. That would go a long ways to helping us to keep that phone app up and running 24 hours a day or any of the other tiers that you desire as well. There's a couple of other tiers available there on Patreon. So let's get into this episode. We're going to dive into the disappearance of Carly Gousset, who disappeared just over two years ago. And I feel this has a good shot at being being uh, found. She has a good shot at being found. So Carly Gousset was born on May 13, 2002, to parents Lindsay Fairley and Zachary Gousset. When she was just a toddler, her parents divorced, and she would soon have a third parent in her life, stepmother Melissa Gousset. Her family also consisted of two younger brothers who were age 9 and 10 around the time of her disappearance. In August of 2018, Carly moved in with her father and stepmother in Calfont, California, a rural community of about 650 people just east of the Sierra Nevada between Yosemite National Park and the state of Nevada. Given its size, many work and attend school in the nearby town of Bishop, just 14 miles away. The Gousset family lived on Ponderosa Street near White Mountain Estate Road. At the time, Lindsay had relocated to Yarrington, Nevada, approximately 160 miles from Calfont. And Carly, wanting to remain closer to her friends, decided to stay with Zachary, despite Lindsay having been granted physical custody of her daughter. When Carly wasn't attending classes at Bishop Union High School, she worked as a part-time job at the title company Melissa worked for as an escrow assistant. Those who knew her described her as a fun-loving and sweet girl who had a great sense of humor. And despite her quiet and introverted nature, she was popular amongst her classmates and was well-liked by many within the school community. Around the time of her disappearance, Carly was dealing with the repercussions of having been suspended from school as a result of being caught using marijuana on campus. Given her grades were also plummeting, she was forced to attending counseling, which seemed to help get her marks back on track. But in the days before her disappearance, her friends say she was experiencing, quote, episodes and was worried someone was tracking her via her cell phone. However, both Melissa and Lindsay have said they themselves did not observe any unusual behavior. On the evening of October 12, 2018, Carly asked Melissa if she could attend a football game at the high school but had actually planned on going to a house party with her boyfriend. Unaware of her stepdaughter's real motives, Melissa granted her permission. At around 8 p.m., Melissa called her and asked if she needed a ride home from the game, but was reassured by Carly that her boyfriend would give her a ride home. The events after this phone call are the result of information gleaned from Carly's parents and those that were at the party. According to the attendees, Carly began to panic and feel frantic and is said to have been near impossible to console. At 8.30 p.m., she called Melissa 
and asked her to pick her up from the trailer park where the party was being held, saying, never mind. Well, actually, hurry up. I changed my mind. Come and get me. I'm booking it down Dixon Lane. Hurry, hurry. I'm scared. Worried, Melissa drove to the area, noting that Carly hadn't wanted to get off the phone and had been adamant about being picked up as soon as possible. When Melissa arrived at the trailer park, she found her stepdaughter was nowhere to be found. While searching the area, she spotted a small light and found that Carly was attached to that small light and almost a mile away, running down the street and using her cell phone to guide her way, the light from her cell phone, of course. When she spotted Melissa, she jumped in the car and told her she was very scared, an emotion that was echoed in her face, which Melissa describes as having just seen a ghost or also with dilated pupils throughout the drive home. Carly vocalized her fear that the car would even kill her, and she changed seats numerous times. By the time they'd returned, Zachary was home from work, and according to both he and Melissa, Carly was still acting erratically, huddling frantically in a corner one minute, then telling them how much she loved them the next. She was particularly afraid of her cell phone and of her parents getting close to her. When asked what was wrong, she was unable to tell them, saying she didn't know herself. This sounds like she was dosed with some type of hallucinogen, guys, at the party, or with her maybe having a case of uh, bipolar disorder and then combining that with uh, marijuana because there's some pretty high uh, THC level strains out there today. It's not like it was 25, 30 years ago. You can get strains that are up close to 100% uh, in THC percentage. Most of them are around 20 to 30%, which is still very, very high. To try and calm Carly down, Melissa served her dinner, a salad which she referred to as the devil's lettuce, While her frantic behavior had died down, she still appeared anxious, disoriented, and paranoid, and she eventually admitted to having smoked weed at the party. This led Zachary to believe that she may have had an adverse reaction to the drug as she had not smoked in some time, but both he and Melissa felt she wasn't in immediate danger and did not drive her to the hospital. So again, you have the marijuana popping up, but it could also have been any other uh, form of hallucinogen. Uh, could have been edibles. That, that can be very, very powerful in a pot in an edible form, or again, just dosing her with LSD or, or mushrooms, anything of that nature. So after dinner, Melissa and Carly spent time in her bedroom, painting their toenails, coloring and reading the, from the Bible. While Carly had calmed down, she was still acting out of the ordinary. So Melissa took her out of her cell phone, took it away from her and began to secretly record her with the intention of showing her stepdaughter just how she was acting when high. In the 8 minute and 45 second video, Carly can be heard saying she didn't want to sleep in case she was killed. And she asked Melissa if she would call 911 if something bad would happen to her. After the video was recorded, the pair spent a while chatting between 10.30 p.m. and 3 a.m. before both falling asleep. Definitely very strange behavior, guys, and especially to go on for such a long period of time. Makes me really really think about the uh, hallucinogen and about maybe a drink being spiked. Anyways, the family movements on the morning of October 13th, 2018 had been placed under intense scrutiny. After Melissa admitted to Dateline NBC and Dr. Phil that she'd lied about her initial actions, initially she said she'd gone about her usual routine, waking up at 5.45 a.m. and getting the kids ready for school. However, when she'd opened Carly's door, she found she was not in her bed and Zachary hadn't seen her that morning. The actual version of events is as follows. At 5.48 a.m., Melissa awoke briefly to see Carly was lying awake next to her 
and fell back to sleep. Between 7.15 and 7.30 a.m., she awoke to find Carly was gone and that the front door was also slightly ajar. Worried, she and Zachary spent two hours driving around the White Mountain Estates and the surrounding desert, thinking Carly had simply gone for a walk to clear her head. Unable to locate her, Zachary called Lindsay in Nevada, who in turn told him to contact the authorities. The time was then 9.35 a.m. With no immediate indication of abduction or a physical description of a vehicle, no Amber Alert was sent out in regards in regards to Carly's disappearance. See, that's why I've mentioned before, guys, that the Amber Alerts are fine, they're great, but it really only works when there's a car involved and there's also some other special uh, occurrences that need to take place in order for an Amber Alert to be sent out. But with the OWL, um, once was lost missing persons app, you can upload anybody at any time within minutes and have people searching in real time to help find the missing because you always have to find these people within the first hour. It's, it's absolutely crucial. So again, no Amber Alert was sent out in regards to Carly's disappearance. Due to the remote area of Chalfont and the limited resources available to the Monroe County Sheriff's Office, the FBI and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, they were brought in to assist those working on the case. When investigators visited the home, they found no indication of forced entry. Carly had left behind all of her personal belongings, including her cell phone, glasses, and what money she had. The FBI combed her cell phone and social media accounts and found a text to her boyfriend, which indicated she believed the weed she smoked at the party had been laced with something. This had led them to believe she could still have been feeling the effects of the drug when she went missing. Three possible sightings were brought to the attention of authorities. A neighbor and retired motorcycle officer with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Office recalled seeing a thin female with long hair walk by his house on Ponderosa Street with a piece of paper in her hand. Another neighbor who lives down the street on White Mountain Estates Road west of Ponderosa Street claimed to have seen Carly during this time, also with a paper in her hand. Finally, a third witness who was cutting firewood saw a girl fitting Carly's description in the vicinity of U.S. Highway 6 standing behind a barbed wire fence. As such, the investigators were able to determine she was likely last seen walking south towards the highway, approximately 30 yards east of it and 100 yards south of Sierra View Road. Some online sleuths have speculated that the girl seen by these witnesses was in fact Melissa and not Carly. There has been no evidence found to substantiate these claims, though, as there are no security cameras on the exterior of the home, nor are there any gas stations or other markers in the vicinity within that would have cameras. A family friend has shared that Carly had never given any indication that she wanted to run away or that she was involved in anything more sinister. A week-long search was conducted by the sheriff's office, involving helicopters, searchers on horseback, and off-road vehicles, and cadaver dogs. A total of 60 police personnel were involved and were aided by search and rescue teams who helped comb the surrounding area and Bishop. On October 25th, the efforts were officially suspended, but that did not stop private search parties from setting out to search the high desert and White Mountains. Throughout the course of the searches, Melissa would provide live stream updates via Facebook. Posters with Carly's image and description were put in grocery stores, gas stations, and on light posts, and in diners across Eastern California. A week after she went missing, the sheriff's office set up a checkpoint along Highway 6, and while 50 people shared they'd driven through the area on October 13th, 
none recalled seeing anyone matching her description walking along or near the road. In December of 2018, bloody underwear was found near some coyote scat. It was collected for testing, but was not sent in to the right facility and was instead delivered to the California Department of Justice. The sheriff's office has since stated that they do not believe the underwear to be linked to the case. There have been reported sightings of Carly in California and Nevada, but none of them turned out to be her. In January of 2019, 18-year-old James Dullen pled guilty to contributing to the delinquency of a minor in relation to Carly's use of weed at the party the night before she disappeared. He'd initially been arrested on allegations he provided the weed to her. As of publishing, the case is still being investigated as a missing persons case due to the lack of evidence that a crime occurred. Investigators do not currently have a theory as to what happened and in such are open to all possibilities. Although their tip line has received numerous calls, there have been no viable leads. Given the lack of evidence or direction, no one has been cleared of the involvement and no one has been charged in relation to the case. A private investigator who was hired by Lindsay has said the sheriff's office has not followed proper protocol when investigating Carly's disappearance, citing the fact that they didn't take betting for analysis, they also did not search through the family's cars. Lindsay fears her daughter may have been overdosed on the night she went missing. While Melissa believes she was abducted, Lindsay recalled the chat she's had with her daughter where she asks about LSD. And again, that brings up my idea that she had been dosed there at the party with something that was hallucinogenic or a very, very high potency um, form of a pot. So either way, it's going to have the same same effect, except the LSD is going to act for a lot longer period of time. That's why I would be leaning in that direction. So this led her to suspect that she did take that drug and was high that night. She feels Melissa awoke to find Carly had died in the night. But this is the, this is where I got to say it couldn't have been from the LSD and it couldn't have been from pot. Nobody's ever died from from pot or really from LSD. Maybe on something secondary to the LSD that they did in relation and they happened to be on LSD, but not from LSD itself. She wouldn't have just passed away there on the side of her shoulder. I, that's just, again, just my opinion. And that's it. Just my opinion. So she feels that Melissa woke to find Carly again, had died in the night. This giving her lack of credibility as she's shared for five, four or five different stories of different things that have occurred. She keeps changing her story basically about the events of that night. Melissa denies this and any involvement in Carly's disappearance. So one, we've got the theory provided by Lindsay and many other sleuths that Carly died as a result of a drug overdose. Many feel she never made it out of the house alive, and some have noted that Carly's erratic behavior could not have solely been the result of her having smoked weed. Exactly. This leads into Lindsay's belief that her daughter had taken a stronger drug, possibly LSD, which would explain her behavior and strange thoughts on the night she went missing. It would explain the behavior and the thoughts, but not necessarily leaving once she did. Um, I mean, I guess she could have gone out and went for a walk and continue, but it she would have pretty much come down by then. So anyways, as F A4 mentioned, there is no evidence Carly died in the family home and given the lack of body and suspects, it's difficult to say if this is what occurred. Secondly, a popular theory in the case and one that has been suggested by Melissa and Zachary is that Carly was kidnapped, most likely while walking along Highway 6. During an interview with the Gousset family, Dr. Phil speculated 
that she may have been picked up by human traffickers while walking along the highway, meaning there is a possibility we could still see her alive, but she's been forced to work in prostitution. The final theory states that Carly's disappearance is related to that of Madeline Lingfelter, who went missing from Reno, Nevada on September 19th of 2018. There's no evidence to support this theory, and Madeline's body was eventually located and her cause of death deemed to be a suicide. So in the aftermath, we do have Bring Carly Home and Justice for Carly Guse, that's G-U-S-E, Facebook pages, which have been created to help raise awareness about the case. Carly's disappearance has been featured twice on the Dr. Phil show with her mother, father, and stepmother all making appearances. The case has also been covered on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace and their podcast. Throughout the course of the investigation, the family has been subjected to ridicule and cruel comments by those online who believe Melissa and Zachary had something to do with the disappearance. At the beginning of every football game at Bishop Union High School, the announcer reminds attendees to keep Carly in their thoughts and prayers. And Lindsay has kept up a constant stream of social media posts in an effort to keep awareness of the case in the public's eye. She has pleaded with anyone with information to come forward and report what they know to authorities. Carly Lane Gousset went missing from Chalfont, Mono County, California in the early hours of October 13, 2018. She was 16 years old and is believed to have been wearing a white t-shirt, Vans, shoes, and either dark gray sweatpants or a pair of skinny jeans. It has been noted that she was not dressed for the harsh elements of the surrounding desert. At the time of her disappearance, she stood 5'7 and weighed 110 pounds. She has brown hair and blue eyes, and her left nostril is pierced. Currently, her case is classified as endangered and missing. If alive, she would be 18 years old today. Those with information are asked to contact the Mono, that's M-O-N-O, County Sheriff's Office at either 760-932-7594 or 760-932-5678. Tips can also be sent into the Sacramento office from the FBI at 916-746-7000. Again, that's 916-746-7000. So that's going to do it for today's episode, guys. Hope uh, you guys will join us on next week's podcast. We'll probably have two different cases again that we're going to dive into. We'll talk to you then.